Hello, I'm Stephen Morrow. And I'm Christopher Philippi. And this is The The Podcast Podcast with with Benefits. On today's episode, we talk about... Red flags. Human dumpster fires. A monstrous belch. And how I had to throw away an entire pair of pants because of my pube ball. So how are you doing? Doing well. How about you? Doing all right, all things considered. Sure, sure. Um, I had a question. Oh, okay. Right into it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? Head yeah. first. Yeah. Um. So I I think we've we've touched on it, but I don't think you ever went into full detail. Um. I'm I'm feeling a little a little romantic. I like I like a good love story. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember uh, in 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 our teaser, you mentioned um, something about how how your wife introduced you to your ex fiance. Yeah. And uh, so there's there's you know questions regarding that, but also sure. I, I want to know the love story between you and your partner. Absolutely. Yeah be happy to share uh so 14 years ago jesus i met my my now partner spouse uh and i was uh, i i hired her i was her boss um <laughs> and uh we started out as just co-workers and then that blossomed into a friendship and uh, we remained friends. You know, we, we went to different stores uh, after so many years of employment together. And uh, we remained friends. And um, it wasn't until... I mean, and, and they... She ended up leaving the company uh, before I did. And we were, you know, still friends. Uh, this is the short version. Um, and it wasn't until about... Mm, seven years ago that we started dating um and and in the middle are the juicy bits uh just before the seven years yeah i love me some juicy bits yeah yeah so i mean really this can go either way do you want to know more about the the i think the 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 ex-fiance is probably the better story and more appropriate because anything else with the wife uh, I may need to get you know her consent on so. Okay, that's for, fair enough. For for probably you know, for purposes like this, I think that the the ex fiance it's I don't need any permission. I'm leaving names out, and they know who they are. So. Um, so we'll go. We'll cut back to that. Um. So what's the time frame? You said fourteen years frame. ago is when you met your fourteen partner. years ago. I hired my spouse. Then, then just co-worker back at the time. And um, we worked together. We had fun. We had some laughs. And uh, one night while closing the store, they received a phone call that they put on speakerphone. And they were talking to this person. And this person may have been inebriated, um, but they sounded like a cute girl. And then... So when you say may have... Do you mean definitely were? No, I, I, I don't remember. Um, oh, okay, okay. And it, it really, it, they may have been. like it, it wasn't like a, I wasn't giving a cheeky, they may have. Okay. Uh, this is <laughs> legit. Yeah, I, 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 don't, mean, I don't know. Almost all of my may haves are cheeky. True. Yeah, that is that is fair. I should have, yeah, I should have, poor choice of words. So they let out the deepest, longest belch I have heard. <laughs> In my entire life, it echoed this this phone like it, like it vibrated the phone like the speaker, 
and I stopped everything I was doing because I like the the phone was just on speakerphone so that uh, my uh, my co my coworker at the time uh, could use both their hands to do their job, and so I was hearing the conversation. I wasn't really paying attention. I was busy, you know, doing my closing procedures. But I hear this belch and it stops my entire world. <laughs> I'm like, what in the fuck was that? And uh, they're both cracking up, and I'm like, no, I, I have to meet this person. So I demand to meet this person, uh, and my you know my coworker slash friend arranges the meeting. Uh, we just hang out at a mutual friend's house, um, and uh, I'm I, so I, I met this girl at uh, and I mustered up all my courage that same night and asked for her phone number, and she gave it to me. And then uh, I call her like a day later, a couple days later or something to set up uh, a date where she would meet me at my place of employment and then we'd go out for dinner. Like I'd be, you know, we'd meet at point X, go out for drinks, whatever. So the time comes for the date and through our discussion uh, on the phone, I find, like I ask her what her favorite color is. Just stupid, you know, <laughs> like getting to know you bullshit. Like, um, and she, but she said the rainbow. The rainbow, the was rainbow? Her favorite color. Yeah. So I went to the florist and I got her a rainbow bouquet. It had, it was all different flowers, all different types, but it had Roy G. Biv. It had the entire color spectrum <laughs> in order. I'm sorry. I just can't get over the whole. What's your favorite color? Rainbow. The rainbow. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very indicative of our entire fucking what a existence. Fucking cop out. Yep. I mean, correct. But, but I'm the same way. Like that—that's usually my answer too. Right. Right. But still, I fucking hate it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, all right, fine. I'll play with the cards I'm dealt. So I got, I got a very, I think, fucking, very beautiful bouquet of flowers, and I'm waiting in the parking lot, fucking. Time comes up, bam. Okay, maybe she's a little late. Uh oh. Yeah. Five, ten minutes pass. I'll shoot a text. Hey, where you at? Nothing. Oh no. Phone call. Nothing. Goes to voicemail. I got stood up. What did you do so, with the bouquet? I t- I went to my friend's house, the one that we we all met at. Uh, not my coworker's house, but the friend that we met at. Went to their house, gave him the flowers, says, here you go, I got stood up. And I oh. licked my wounds and got drunk and and uh, thought that was the end of it. The next day, they call with, I don't remember, some bullshit story. I'm like, okay, that's fair. You know, like, she's young, and I, I mean, I was a little older uh, than her. I think there was like a seven or eight year gap in our age. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, she's young. It's fine. I mean, that's really fucking rude to stand somebody up. You, it's fine if you don't want to fucking go on the date, if you want to back out. But you don't fucking just completely ghost them. And you don't be the idiot to fucking swallow your pride and go back out on that second, that, that, that first date. Because the, fir- the first date didn't fucking happen. But she calls and apologizes and tries to make amends. So we go out on a date and it's nice and we have fun and uh, I honestly don't remember much about where we went. Uh, I just remember getting stood up. Um, but I'll give you some highlights from that relationship um, because this this is something I wanted to discuss. I, I, this is what I was going to bring to the table in this session was that when you're in a relationship, why are you blind to the red flags that are so clear and present. Oh, like when you, okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you Damn. are, when we, if somebody approaches me and says, man, my, my partner is doing this or this is that they're acting kind of funny. They're clear red flags that you need to be like, Hey, stop the fucking train. Let's discuss this. You know, have a conversation with your partner. Mm-hmm. But when you're in it, you know, that whole love is blind thing. Like when you're when you're the one who has the red flags being thrown at you left and right, how do you why do you ignore them? What is it that that justification? So this is my question to you to the audience: is 
when you're involved in a relationship, why do you ignore the red flags? So, obviously, getting ditched, getting stood up, was red flag number one. That's shortly. Uh, sorry, that's just a heavy. Okay. That's that's scary to think about. Right, right. I mean, it happens to everybody. Like, I, I've been in it. I've been the outside observer. I've been in the relationship, and I think we all have. Like hindsight's twenty twenty, and you see these things, and you're like, "Why didn't I see that?" And and or if I did see it, why didn't I act on it? Why didn't I say something? What justification did I give that action to allow me to be treated that way? So, very soon, it, like this is like a second or third date. I call her to hang out or to do something, and she says, okay. And so that time comes, it hits the mark, no, she doesn't show up. Mm. I give it some time, I text, I call, nothing. I call her, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes after we're supposed to hang out. Just one last attempt. And some other dude oh. answers the phone and says, hello? I said, is, is this person there? And they said, uh, she's passed out. She can't come to the phone right now. I'm like, uh, okay, is she all right? He says, yeah, don't worry about her, bro. She's fine. And then hangs up. That that's so ominous. That is so very ominous. Jesus. Yeah. So that was like the second or third date we were gonna have. It's probably like third, like third or fourth maybe, because there was some good. You know, there was enough good stuff in between to make me keep fucking going. So obviously, I'm like now I'm like what you know where is she, where is she? What's happening to her? Is she safe? Like. Who is this guy? Do I need to be concerned? And and it ended up that she was just fucking too drunk or high and passed the fuck out at some dude's house who she was probably banging. Now, to be clear, on my own my own spectrum, my own, you know, thought about the process is that we're just dating. There there was no commitment to each other other than the commitment to hang out at a certain time and day. But she got too fucked up uh, to make it to that date. Like, jeez. Yeah, I mean, when when someone's just dating, like, there's no, you don't owe anybody anything as far as you know loyalty or or, or um, monogamy. Yeah, like her being with the other guy wasn't the problem. It that was wasn't the, the problem. It the was her being, being completely fucking smashed. Yeah. To even bother to keep plans. God. But still, I soldiered on. So that's that's the beginning. That's that's the you know the takeoff <laughs> point of our relationship. What questions do you have so far about this train wreck? Uh, well, first of all, this is probably the most important question. Yeah. Uh, so you said that your first date you went out to eat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did she did she belch then too? <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, the, she probably let out some small ones, and I, I really <laughs> leaned into that. That was my crutch, my, my crutch to get into, you know, and, and I used my charm and guile um, at the the initial meeting to say, you know, like, this is really what sold you as a person. You know, this this, this made you the, the, the package worth pursuing. I just um, need to the, know if all of her belches... Are, she, are that this, this for the record this person is about your stature oh okay so yeah they are like they are short and uh petite and by no means should a belch that massive have come out of them so they are like literally like two inches and a professional diagnosis away from being an actual midget <laughs> close i mean they're not that short they're probably a little taller than you but okay did i ever yeah. <laughs> this is a random aside but I have I have always been short for my age, and I hit puberty. Well, not really puberty, but I hit my growth spurt late, and mm-hmm. to the point where my parents took me to a height specialist, and the height specialist was a little person. 
Oh, wow. And I always thought that was hysterical because, like, we're at the height specialist and we're talking about how I'm not growing like, like you know, normal boys. And then in through the door, like, we had to look down in order to see this person. And just the irony of that situation I thought was great. I'm sure that they experienced that a lot. I mean, I've never met an optometrist, an optometrist or anybody who works in optometry who doesn't wear glasses. I think if if they is something that they are afflicted by, they have a, and they also have that that desire to care and to help other people. Uh, they go towards something that has afflicted them their entire life. You know. I mean, to be fair, I would have it no other way. I feel like they're probably the most qualified. Sure, sure. You gotta watch your vocabulary, though. I mean, like. Well, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so yes, I understand that that. Um, that that word the m word i'll say from now on um it has certain connotations and people do find it offensive and i apologize if i offended anybody um i have been called that word for a good portion of my childhood and uh not to excuse its use or anything but to combat it combat it to to kind of um deflect it i would use it on myself absolutely yeah you, you so wear like it as it's, armor yeah yeah it's kind of like i mean i'm gay and i call myself a faggot sometimes like it's that kind of thing uh where you know you weaponize the the thing that is used against you you're I taking guess. the power away from the person who's using it to attack you and you're just embracing it I, yeah I, I get that completely yeah. but um, uh anyway so this 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 relatively small person with the monstrous belches. Um, I, I mean, I, I hate to like hone in on this, but like, is that, is that a kink of yours is large belches from small women? Um, no, I, it, it, it resonates with the part of me that, um, is the same thing as a petite woman driving a large, like a gigantic truck (laughs) or playing a bass or drums um, the juxtaposition of of power or output of 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 power, kind of thing. Like um, that yeah, makes like sense. A, a, a small a small woman working a, a jackhammer, or you know, um, it's just it's it's it, it boggles the mind. I guess you know, like it's there's just a a certain uh, it it heightens their sexuality because uh, they're operating such a heavy machinery or doing something that is not necessarily masculine, but just takes a lot of, uh, I don't know. It feels like they can skill. handle, like, things. You know what I mean? Right, right, like, yes. Like, me personally, I I mean, in men and women in general, like, I, uh, whether it's romantic or otherwise, I, I'm not too keen on the idea of somebody being like dainty like oh i can't do that like i'm not a big fan of that so yeah when somebody when somebody is just you know able to defy their own physical limitations assumed or otherwise it's it's kind of nice like it it's kind of like oh okay this person's a badass right right and i i that doesn't necessarily impress me like when it's when it is a larger person doing it but if it's a small, yeah, a smaller person, I'm just I'm impressed. But there's a certain sexual element when it's uh, just an extreme juxtaposition uh, for me. I don't Have you ever seen the music video for that uh, Benny Benassi song "Satisfaction"? Yes. And just the women using these heavy oh, tools. Oh, I and have machinery. seen it, my friend. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a cool. It, I, I I like that music video. <laughs> it's good. It's good. There's so uh, I I know I'm going on a lot of tangents here, but uh, there's this other music video that I really like uh for this band that I enjoy called The Knife, and they have a song called Handyman, and uh, it's about uh, it's about somebody like 
basically being really attracted to somebody who appears to be a woman but then they find out that they're actually a man and that's perfectly fine and they have a great and very arousing night together um and you know they get a hand job from this man <laughs> who has a penis but he's wearing a thong but anyways uh, a very specific <laughs> situation i like how it started song. out kind of subtle and then you just go right into it like they had a well, very arousing I, time he like, got a hand joe he's got a penis and there was a thong well it's specifically in the lyrics they mention this they're like i thought you were it, it, it's anyways it's fine I, I, but the yeah, music they, like, video you started out general and then got <laughs> laser point specific it's just humorous uh, but the music video I thought was really wonderful where there's a hammer and a nail and the hammer like the head of the hammer has like lips and it's just like hammering this nail and I'm like this is great this is perfect and then eventually like the hammer is in long lingerie or whatever it's just weird <laughs> but it's just it's kind of neat I, I love phallic imagery and um, just like hard hardware tools What's the word? Just tools? Power, power tools? Well, this was just like a hammer There's, and a nail. Yeah, That would just be tools, yeah. I, I think there are saws in this as well, but like they're... Yeah, that would, if, they're if it's just manual tools, that'd be tools. If they have some sort of either, you know, combustion engine or electric, uh, then it's power tools. Well, I'm a fan of, of tools being used as sexual imagery. Okay. As I've a tool myself. I've on the ends of fucking Makita drills. Does that do anything for you? It does something. I don't know quite what it does yet, but sure. I'm, I'm interested in exploring that in the future. <laughs> I know. <laughs> proceed with caution. <laughs> I, I, want, I want a Saw remake, but it's a porno. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking bear trap foreskin contraption. Anyway. So that but circling back to the main point, um, why do you think that is that we are blind to our own fucking you know the, the thing that's right in front of us, like the thing that we could easily observe as an outsider, saying, "Oh, that relationship's doomed," or "Man, that guy should see that coming." Why don't we see that when we're in it? Uh, I mean. I feel like that's just human nature. Um, like, I, I think... Is it a, a hope for... The, like, to me, I've, I, you know, I've thought about it. I've rolled it over my head. Is it more of like a thought of hope for the future? Like, a, you know, just a not giving up on humanity. Like, oh, this it can't be this because nobody would do that horrible thing. Or is it completely ego? Like, oh, well, it's they wouldn't do that to me. Or... I can change them or this might be a bad behavior, but I can overcome it by being super nice to them or doing something else. I'm, I'm inclined to believe that it's neither. Uh, okay. I'm so I feel like it's, it's more a matter of convenience and habit. Uh, and, okay. and what I mean by that is like people, I, I think people naturally, uh, they can become comfortable in some pretty wild and uncomfortable situations. And I think that's why certain things are pretty sneaky, especially like negative relationships or, you know, uh, kind of uh, not uh, favorable <laughs> domestic situations. Um, <laughs> I don't... Uh, I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what's going on in my brain right now. I, I just, I keep seeing power tools. It's a problem. I get uh, it. But, but yeah, I think people are remarkable in the sense that we can be comfortable in very uncomfortable situations. Like we are fine living in filth sometimes, if that's what we're used to. And uh, that adaptive quality can sometimes work against us where once something becomes a habit, it's habit like anything can be habit forming if it's repeated enough and so when we're in the situation when we're in a relationship any negative thing is just par for the course and we're just like oh okay and then it becomes more of an inconvenience 
to let that inconvenience you, if that makes sense, or to let that be the breaking point until eventually, in most circumstances, it comes to that breaking point where it's like, okay, this is too much. But people are remarkably adaptive and they're okay with a lot of things that are not okay. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, um, ever since our, uh, I think our third episode or whatever, the episode with Natalie, where we were talking about, yeah, yeah, like checking in with yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been doing a lot of personal reflecting because it it brought up some things uh, for myself and, you know, certain past relationships of my own where I'm like, why was I okay with this? And I think, I think it's just because I was comfortable and not, that's not to say that I was like actually literally comfortable, but I was comfortable enough to where I was used to not always being comfortable, if that makes sense. And it was the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was the status quo. And then it became more of an inconvenience to get out of that. So it was more, you just didn't want to go through the hassle of breaking up or you were afraid to be alone. Uh, it was both of those, I think. And also, so it was both of those, and also it was a game of, like, pros and cons. Right. Uh, because, I mean, we had the the most painful sex and uncomfortable sex of my life, but also the best sex of my life. And it's kind of like, well... <laughs> so, just to, I mean, to counter your status quo argument i mean i've had relationships that were very healthy and positive and good and i've had relationships that were just toxic fucking dumpster fires uh so it's i couldn't say that you know like my life is one big fucking you know uh i don't seek out dumpster fires and that's the status quo for me because i've I've seen a healthy relationship and i've been in them um and so, you know, I, I, looking back, I can recognize that it was definitely a horrific, horrific dumpster fire from, from start to finish. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I mean, there were positives, of course I was happy, um, but ultimately the, the, the consistent and unending betrayal that existed throughout that relationship, it, it was, it was persistent, my friend. I mean... That, that beginning was indicative of the entire relationship. Um, um, and I I chose to ignore it. Um, and I guess for me that was the status quo. I just ignored the, the are they cheating on me or are they, um, you know, do they value me as a person enough to communicate with me yeah, rather it's than that, stand me up? That process of always having to ask yourself, are they choosing to prioritize other things over me? And and then you choosing to kind of let that slide in the moment. Right, right, right. That that is that was definitely status quo for that relationship, but that's not indicative of all my past relationships by any stretch. So, yeah. like, it's just odd that it, you know when you start a new relationship with somebody, it it starts the groundwork for what is to be expected in that relationship. You know, that's what I mean. And I've learned that in my years is just being yourself out of the gate, because oftentimes when people are dating, they put on this best version of themselves or like the version of themselves they think the other person will really like. But eventually you get comfortable and you just you are who you are. So those people who put on that front are really doing themselves a disservice because ultimately first you're trying to get to know the person, but then you actually get to know the person later on when that you know, when they return to being themselves. So just always be your fucking self. But that, yeah, that would solve a lot of problems. It would solve a lot. It would would save a lot of time, you know, (laughs) like, yeah. Um, anywho's, well, that's, but, but earlier you said a key phrase looking back. mm -hmm, Um, and I, I want to point that out specifically, and that's not to, uh, I don't want to invalidate the way that you feel about your past experience, and I'm not saying that your relationship wasn't negative 
in in this scenario um however there's a thing that i do and that i have to talk myself out of doing where if i am looking back on a relationship i will say like i it's almost like i have to convince myself that it was bad it's like it's part of the grieving process or like part of getting over somebody uh it's like oh well uh it was a bad relationship anyways because this person was this or this person was was you know awful or i wasn't even attracted to this person or whatever Um, that's a sour grapes situation that's an old fable like it's if it's something you can't have or can't go back to you then rationalize how awful it is or was in your mind saying you actually don't want that thing you convince yourself that it's not worth it uh and i think that that's also a thing where uh yeah, we're we're always like, okay, why why do we just ignore a dumpster fire when we're in the dumpster, but then when we're out of the dumpster, we look back and we're like, oh, that was a dumpster fire. But uh, like, a thing that I do is um, when I'm when I'm immediately out of a relationship, whether it's romantic or otherwise, um, I'm very quick to, and, and this is awful but I'm very quick to sort of demonize and dehumanize the individual as part of a grieving process. Um, oh, yeah. But then I I always take it like a little step further where um, I don't just do that and then move on. I do that and then I stop myself and I'm like, okay, now that that's done, let's go back to humanizing this person. <laughs> um, and almost always after like a, a grieving period, I try to reach out to this individual uh, and make some kind of peace, uh, which is sometimes much to the dismay of the individual. Sometimes they would rather just be like, okay, this person was a fucking horrible human being and then just leave. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and, you know, that's fine if they want to do that. Um, but like me personally, I, I try to recognize that that's a thing that people do where, sure. uh, you know, I mean, it's the same thing where, uh, like, if we don't agree with somebody, we try to turn them into this thing that isn't relatable or isn't favorable, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, you completely uh, demonize that person or thing or idea, even though there are completely unrelated parts of it and it's more gray than it is you try to make it black and white painting yourself to be the hero yeah and like i think that's that's the key is i'm sure yes that situation that you were in and that relationship was probably not the best um but also i think belching girl um (laughs) that's fine uh, I, they, I think, they need a title. <laughs> I think, I think Belching Girl is, like, I'm I'm sure that she is overall an okay human, uh, you know, and uh, even though she may have made some some shitty decisions that kind of left you hanging there. Um, Ultimately, I wish them the best, and I hope that they have learned from any mistakes that either of us made. Um. To now, uh, this is just hearsay. This is all third-party, you know, telephone game. But through mutual friends, I have heard that they are still cheating on their current partner. Ah. Uh. <laughs> See, but, I mean, if if you're the kind of person where you just can't be with one person, I, I, this is why we need to normalize polyamory. Absolutely, I 100% agree with that. Um, just make it okay, but make it, but really be okay with it with yourself and be upfront with your partner. Yeah. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Just, you know, have that conversation with your partner and say, Hey, because by the end of our relationship, honestly, we, so we still had six months on an apartment lease when we, when things just came to a, a grinding, horrific crash. It was through a, a conversation that we had where, she admitted to cheating on me with just a list of people, in one of which including uh, my best friend at the time. Mm. Now they That's had only made hard. out. 
they had only they only made out um but uh like yeah that was devastating like we just had this knockout conversation i mean i was i was fucking weeping they were they were crying it was awful but we still had six months on this fucking lease and we were engaged and i was like well things can't this this isn't tenable we can't continue on like this however being very frugal (laughs) just you know not having another option for either of us we neither of us could afford to break the lease so we're like okay well we're gonna just be in an open relationship where you do you i'll do me we're more than roommates because we share a fucking bed and we still obviously have feelings for each other but we can't continue on like this so we at the the six month mark of the you know the lease we just said fine everything's game with open relationship so that was my first dip into polyamory did that work for you for that uh we survived we survived um it i mean after once as soon as the lease was up we both moved to different locations and have only spoken one time since then Mm. um and again like i i wish them the best i know that i from what i hear and again this is all conjecture i don't i don't know not conjecture but it's all hearsay anyways i feel i think that there's a lot of animosity um between us on on their side there's none on my side like i i know that i wasn't perfect we honestly her her and i were not really sexually compatible um which could have led to a lot of the running around you know but that came down to communication like honestly like if I had said what I wanted and they said what they wanted, we probably could have worked that through, but we just didn't talk about it. So I, I learned a lot from that relationship. Um, well, then I'm kind of glad that you went through that. I mean, even though oh, absolutely. it was hard. Yeah. The the worst thing is to go through a hard situation and then not have gained anything out of it. You know what I mean? Like not have learned something. I, I regret nothing in my life. I've had some real shitty fucking moments that I wish I didn't, I, I would never repeat. Um, but it got me where I am today and I'm, I'm ha- the happiest I've ever been in my life, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't regret anything I've done. I mean, I've, I regret, you know, hurting people. Of course, I wish I didn't you know if there was anybody I hurt in the past, I wish I didn't do that kind of thing. But all the, the, the suffering that I've gone through in my life, I don't regret because I it, it's made me who I am and I'm I'm happy with who I am. Well, that's great. Yeah. I'm happy with who you are too. Oh, thanks, Stephen. I think you're pretty swell yourself. Oh. So anyways, yeah, with this with with Belching Girl, like it's <laughs> I my brain changed it to Belgian. Belgian yeah. With Belgian girl. <laughs> I don't have a Belgian accent at the ready. I'm sorry. With with belching person, I I wish them the best, and I hope that they uh, are happy and or do find happiness. And I would love to have a conversation with them about anything that you know, anything else I I may have done wrong. Like, cause I I need to learn. I want to do better for myself and for others. Um, but uh, yeah, ultimately, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't I don't know. I, I welcome them to, to write in or to, to maybe even come on the show, have a, a live yeah, discussion. Yeah, that'd be great. But, uh, but anyways, back to the original topic, though, really the, the meat and bones. I mean, do you feel like, I, I don't think we've really dissected why it is so hard to make that, that hindsight examination while you're in the mix, while you're sitting in that dumpster fire. Why can't you say, man, is this really happening? Why am I, why am I suffering through this? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think sometimes like, like for me, I do actually think about that in the middle of it, but then I, I don't act upon it. Um, kind of like what we were talking about uh, with the check-in conversation. It's like, all right, is this bad enough for me to want to do something about it? And then if the answer is no, then we go on, and that's fine. And um, relationships are tricky because we like 
company. We like mm-hmm. we. Uh, it is, I guess, there's a fear of being alone, but then also relationships come with a slew of other things. There's stability with relationships, oftentimes. Uh, there's you know there's social circles that are intermingling, and so it's not just one individual. You're also, I mean, usually in a relationship, it's a package deal. It's yeah. the individual, their friends, their family. Uh, and so there's just a lot of things that weigh in on, on that. And so, uh, and, and this You're is a absolutely stupid... right. That is a, actually, that's, that's a really good point and an epiphany. I mean, it's not just you versus that person or you versus that choice of, you know, what horrible things they're doing. It's the, all of the pros weighed against that con as it's happening. Yeah. And you don't necessarily stack up every single con at that time. You kind of weigh every pro that exists versus that one con. Exactly. And is it worth is it worth this person uh you know not cleaning the apartment? Uh is is it <laughs> is it worth them doing that uh versus you know potentially losing an entire group of people like i mean right so everybody whether they believe in it or not or whether they accept it or not is actually into polyamory because uh the individuals that they date uh are not the only people that they love in that relationship they love their families and their friends and you know the people that come packaged with that and sometimes that can be really 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 hard yeah that's true I, I really liked her stepdad. Like, he was a really good guy, and uh, I, I miss him. Like, he's a really good dude. So, you're absolutely right, yeah. And now, one quick thing. I, I did uh, realize that I never painted... You know, I've, I've painted this person as a dumpster fire and the horrible things that they had done. A belching um, dumpster fire. The belching dumpster fire, yeah. Um, I did, before we got engaged... It's a Shrek. It's... <laughs> I'm just imagining Shrek, a small Shrek. We'll we'll call her Fiona. <laughs> um, no, I I did at one point I did cheat on her as well. Um, oh, like and this is after you know again months of confirmed, not just suspicion of you know confirmed her running around on me, but me staying with her and being like I forgive you and da 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 da. Uh, I did cheat on her once. And I felt so bad after it. I, I can't even blame being drunk. Like I was, I was stone sober when I did it. Um, I, I felt so bad about it. I immediately, like, when the next time I saw her, I, I ended things. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, we, I can't go on. I'm sorry. Like, we've got to break up." Um, I, I, I eventually came clean about what it was and everything. Um. So I'm 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 not this white knight like I'm not just some fucking guy who's like oh I'm getting shit on like I'm I'm a shitty person too. We ended up we got back together and shortly after that we fucking got engaged because that's again a brilliant <laughs> that's fucking choice. That's... that's what you do. You know you have a shit awful fucking implosion, and then of course everything's going to be better after that, right? Sure. <laughs> fucking idiot. So, well, I mean, yeah, by no means am I perfect. You know, I'm not uh, sitting up here on the fucking high ground. Like, it's be clear that I wasn't a great guy. Now, granted, it wasn't consistent shitty behavior, but I'm not perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that and admitting that. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, but I mean, that's, that's really the ultimate moral to, to the story is like, I think there's so much gray area and uh like our our situations and our relationships and our exes and ourselves we are not good and we are not bad we're a lot of things uh we are good and we're bad um yeah. and we're also not just ourselves or not just the one thing there's there's so much surrounding it that maybe that's why we can overlook a dumpster fire because it's not just the dumpster fire it's the alleyway that the dumpster fire is in it's the surrounding buildings just and to the abandon the dog. metaphor for a, a moment it's it's you when you're making when you're asking those questions 
I whenever I make that self check of like why am I upset with this person or you know, what is happening, I also look in the mirror. I see, have I done anything to contribute to this situation? You know, what am Ooh. I responsible for at this portion of? Did of I this, light the dumpster events? on fire? Did, yeah, I mean, like you know, did I do something? to make this person want to cheat what can i do better and i'm not saying like you know that that's a whole nother fucking argument of like yeah yes you're worthy of love and you don't deserve to be cheated on you know but if somebody's running around are you ha- you know are you being accessible to them are, are they are you fulfilling their needs and if not why aren't you having that conversation kind of thing those kind of things or like if, if i've pissed somebody off or somebody's mad have I done anything to piss them off? Or are they just taking out some other bullshit on me? You know, I always ask myself first, am I in the right here or am I to blame? Because again, in the right makes it sound like there's a white and black. It's all gray. It's all still gray, but you really want to check with yourself. Yeah. Like, am I contributing to this in any way, positive or negative? Right. Right. Yeah. And those are often the hardest conversations to have because it requires a certain level of of honesty and maturity like honesty to be able to say yeah i am part of the problem or i'm contributing to the problem um or you know honesty to say no this is entirely external to me um but also maturity in the sense that you know it's it's one thing to to be able to acknowledge a truth and it's another thing to be receptive of it. And, uh, yeah, th- that can be really difficult. And almost every time, I, I would say 99.9% of the time, I am I am neither uh, brave or mature enough to, <laughs> to handle it. Um, but it, it's, it's a process. It's a process of, of getting to that point, I guess. Uh, but I think, I think having these experiences in which things haven't worked or having these experiences in which you can, I guess, look back on the dumpster fire and reflect on it allows us to be better equipped in future situations and future relationships to handle those a little bit more gracefully. I think so, yeah. I mean, two things. One... It is my firm belief that without conflict, there can be no progress. I'm not saying that you should go looking for conflict, but generally, if everything is great, you don't look to change anything or look within. You know, a lot of people don't meditate on how they can be better if everything's already pretty fucking hunky-dory. Yeah. Um, so, it is, you know, with without conflict, there can be no progress. It's not, not my mantra, but it's something I can hang my hat on to just to help me get through those shitty times. To say, okay, well, you know, there's hopefully there will be progress from this, and I will learn something, or s- something will be better in the outcome. Um, Actually, I really like that. Without yeah. conflict, there can be no progress. Yeah. Uh, a second thing is uh, that I wanted to touch on was, you know, after if if there is a an incident, if there's a, you know an argument or you know something's happening, some negative uh, conflict is happening. I do, I first ask myself, you know, what have I, what part do I play in this? How have I contributed to it? Is any of this my fault? I do all that, that internal soul searching, but you can't just listen to yourself. I also, my next immediate step is I ask what, you know, whoever the the person is I'm having the conflict with is what, you know, am I to blame for any of this? Like what, 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 what if this is on me? I'm sure some of it is. But I, there are, are there are unknown unknowns. There's things I don't know, and I'm not so fucking ignorant as to say that I, I know everything, you know? So please tell me what I've done wrong. Let's discuss, you know? Lay it on me. Yeah, I think that's well said. Thanks. Look at us. This is like a nice little... This is like, like a self-help episode. I like it. I think so. I think so. It's cathartic. It makes me feel good. Yeah, I feel good about this. Yeah. I feel like I'm I... sorry they can't be all fucking, you know, blood slugs and pussy zippers and I don't know what else is out there. <laughs> pussy zippers. 
Yeah, I just threw those words together. We haven't ever Jeez. talked about pussy zippers, but I think I want to talk about them. Yeah, it's God. not all going to be that. It's, there's going to be, you know, the fucking trifecta. I So, so on the list of, of body modifications <laughs> that I would be interested in getting for myself, yeah. um, on the bottom of that list would be a pussy zipper. Well... I'm immediately trying to think of any any pros at all to having a pussy zipper, <laughs> but I'm coming from a place of complete ignorance because I don't have a pussy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe so, if, if the pussy zipper also had like a, a lock, like a padlock. Oh, that would be, there you go. Yeah, like it would be for, yeah. <laughs> so it's definitely consent, you know, I don't know. Have you ever gotten your dick caught in a zipper? Ah, fuck. Hopefully you can remove the zipper. <laughs> of course I don't want to get my fucking dick caught in a goddamn zipper, Steven. No, but have you ever? I'm, I'm asking. Yeah, uh, my, no, actually, I've, I've, I've nicked. I've nicked it a couple times, but nicked not your dick? caught. I've never, I've never had a Franken-beans situation. <laughs> Yeah. Have you? Um, oh, God. So, <laughs> every, time. Every, every time that there's a question, so, yeah. there, there's always, I feel like there's always a little asterisk. You and, brought this one up, so. Uh, so, I have not directly caught my dick in a zipper. However. Um, Indirectly? If, if, if you may recall uh, from a previous episode, I... Uh, I have a fucking pubic jungle. Right. And uh, <laughs> I have gotten my pubes completely entangled. Oh, God. In a zipper before. In a zipper? In your own zipper? In, in my own zipper, yes. Okay, just making sure. Uh, Anything goes with you, Stephen. I, you know. <laughs> I mean, and uh, that sucks because like it's just it's just so inconvenient at first uh and because it's not it's not the most awful it's not as bad i'm i'm guessing as you know zipping your entire dick or you know whatever um in a zipper (laughs) but like like it it pinches so that sucks but then once once you get over the shock of oh no i just yanked my my pubes and now they're stuck in the zipper then you have to deal with well now what do i do because you have pubes in a zipper that's like half zipped and then it's like just fucking tangled and it's a disaster and uh so this is a weird comparison but lately i've been watching a lot of like just really awful um christmas videos on youtube uh i love i love failures uh like <laughs> is that why you love me steven uh yes that <laughs> <laughs> without hesitation yes excellent but no like like one of my favorite things is like fail compilations and things like that i relate sure. to them most of yeah. my life is just a complete fucking catastrophe uh and i like <laughs> i like being able to see other people you know making worse decisions than me um but there's one in particular and oh my god this video it had me in stitches when i first saw it so um there's this mall santa <laughs> and he he's making this grand entrance to this mall there's all of these kids um and they're like cheering and stuff and they're like oh it's santa and he's like up on the the top floor in like the rafters of this mall and he's like walking around and stuff and he's like, hello, kids. And they're like, oh, it's Santa. And he is rappelling down oh, no. um, <laughs> from the ceiling to then greet the kids and, you know, ask them what they want for Christmas or whatever. Uh, and in the process of him rappelling down on this fucking rope, <laughs> he gets his beard <laughs> stuck in the 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 pulley system or whatever the fuck you call it. Oh. And <laughs> so you just see Santa. He is stuck. He is not moving. His beard so has completely stopped this thing. It was from a genuine beard? Down. It was not a genuine beard. Oh. Okay. Uh, but that's what made it even more hysterical in this situation because, you know, Santa, the gig is up. His fucking beard comes off. Uh, he's like 
kicking and trying to get it unstuck. It's just a fucking catastrophe. I love it. One of my favorite videos, if you just type in mall, Santa, entrance, fail, you will find it. It's perfect. We'll we'll Um, post it on our fucking Facebook page for if we can find it ourselves uh, for all to see. But uh, I'm I'm glad that the the mall Santa only got his beard stuck. I was worried there was going to be like an Owen Hart situation for my wrestling fans out there. But um, we'll talk about that some other time. But uh, anyways, so what happened with him and his beard? That happened with my pubes in my zipper. Well, and not exactly. You weren't fucking being suspended by your own pubes high above the rafters of a mall. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so let's not <laughs> what let's a not make it a fucking so, you know, in a future of grandeur about your your dick hairs. <laughs> future live appearance from us for the podcast with benefits. We will repel <laughs> down nope. in a mall. <laughs> nope. Uh, dangling by our pubes. That is nope. That is a, a, a dream of mine. Oh. <laughs> Fucking pube suspension. Pube suspension? Yeah. So, how did you get yourself out of the fucking mess, Stephen? Um, well, uh, there did were... Did you burn it? Did you cut it? Did you just fucking yank the zipper? What did you do? I had to yank. Um, <sighs> uh, and the zipper, so... At, by the time that that you are free in this situation, the zipper still doesn't fucking work because it's there is now a ball of pubes. A ball? And it doesn't, How much hair do you have down a, there? It was a small ball, but it's still it was enough to get stuck, and I'm not gonna fuck with that. Like it, a ball. So it <laughs> do you have African American curlies down there? What do you got going on, Stephen? It's, it's there's a lot. There's a lot, okay? A ball? <laughs> why would you, like why would you say a ball of hair? I mean, what else am I It's 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 like a fucking What do you mean ball. what else are you going to say like a tuft, like a, a patch? Okay. But it if it's like in a, a ball already? Like it I mean it, going up and down with the zipper and trying to yank the thing, it ah, it sounds bad. <laughs> it didn't hurt as bad as as it it I think I think the words that I'm using are painting this worse than it actually was, uh, but the zipper still didn't function, sure. and so I had to get rid of the pants. But it is the the long and short of it. I had to get rid of the pants. Wait a minute. Okay. Because so like you saying... can't use pants with fucking pubes dangling and a half zipper. It just doesn't work. Stop. Back up the fucking train. Were you in a public place or were you at home? This was at home. Okay. Which makes it more the, okay. The, the, yeah. The, the the stakes are a lot lower now. However, so what you're telling me is that you had to permanently throw away the pants. The pants were done for. Well, I mean, like, you what else no am I going to do? Because there was hair tangled within these fucking, within the zipper. I mean, like, at, this was like early middle school. So like, what what am God. I gonna do? Like, okay. am I gonna go to my mom and be like, "Hey, can you? I got pubes in my pants." Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just throw I, away the pants. That. And it's fine. We need a recreation of that drama immediately of young Stephen <laughs> taking hairy pube zipper jeans to his mom. Hey mom, got pubes hey, in mom, my pants. I've got pubes in my zipper. I. <laughs> Anyway, I've I've come to my mom with a lot of strange things. Honestly, I've, she would probably have have been perfectly fine with this and handled it like a champ because you know that's that's what moms do, I guess. Of the, uh, but uh, the status quo that you've expected, the, the expectation you've already laid out for her, fucking zipper pubes are low on the shock list. <laughs> but yeah, I I threw away the pants. I, I just I didn't I, want to. Fuck I discarded with it. the evidence. <laughs> I feel like that's still a perfectly good zipper. You just have to work out, you know, figure out how to get the pubes out. But it's not worth it. I guess for a middle schooler, no. For a middle schooler who's not buying their own pants, I guess high not. schooler. Okay. Early high school. Sure. I guess basically middle schooler. 
Okay, I was in college. <laughs> hey, this was, it was yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Podcast with Benefits. If you enjoyed this show, please rate, follow, and or subscribe to The Podcast with Benefits wherever podcasts are distributed. Please reach out to us by writing an email to bemorethanfriends at gmail.com, commenting on mtfproductions.com, or finding us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash bemorethanfriends. One day, we hope to do this for a living. To help make that dream come true, please donate what you can to our show at mtfproductions.com. Your donations help us purchase better equipment, fund more merchandise, and hold events. Please share this show with a friend that you love. Thank you.